Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Uh, For those of you that are new with us, thanks for hanging out. And uh, I want to just tell you, our hope is that you connect to great people, but our prayer is that you connect to a good God. And uh, man, I don't want you to, I'm, I'm a pastor's kid, and I've been in church my whole life. I'm married a pastor's kid, and so I know the church game, and I know it well. I know it better than most of you. And I, I would be, it would be a tragedy for the movement church to build something where amazing people like you come and congregate on a weekly basis, and then connect throughout the week in small groups, and discover purpose and walk in the midst and the fullness of purpose on Sundays and throughout the week by serving and taking the gifts that God has given us. And it would be a tragedy if we let it stop there and we didn't lean in and connect to a God in a real personal and intimate way. And I I just don't want to be a part of building another church who's apathetic to the heart of God. And I think if we're not careful, not, not, not just think, I know the onus and the responsibility is on us to lean into the heart of God. I've been married for a long stinking time, 18 years, and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But I, I got to tell you, I, I've known my wife, Megan, since we were, I was in fourth grade and she was a freshman in college. And I'm kidding. <laughs> Even when the Holy Spirit's here, I just ruin it with jokes. So I've known her since I was in fourth grade and she was in sixth grade and we've grown up together. We've learned life and how to do life together, but, but I can be married to her and, and live in the same house and, and go to bed in the same bed and brew coffee the same way every day, but if I don't lean into who Megan is and develop an intimate relationship with her and to find out what moves her heart, what stirs her heart, and what, what really says, okay, this is what makes me passionate about life and this is what I care about, if I don't do that, then we just have an apathetic relationship. We're just cohabitating in the same location and we happen to be raising some children in the process. And if that's the case with the person, the human being that I love the most, then I promise you the same can be true when it comes to your relationship with God. And that's why when Jesus came, he came for one reason, to seek and to save the lost. And when that was over, he said, okay, I've paid the price. I died on the cross and paid the ransom, all of sin, all of humanity. I took care of that. And he said, my job here is done. Guess what? I've got to leave. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And you need the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life. Why? Because if you don't have him in your world to recognize that right here when I'm facing real-time problems, when I'm facing real challenges and real issues, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then your relationship with Jesus will simply be about religion. We'll transform it into tradition. And then I'll lean into the pomp and circumstances of where I park my car and where I sit in the theater and what songs I appreciate and whether or not Pastor Carey is funny or Megan is profound. And then I'll relegate my relationship with God to tradition to religion, and this sounds silly, and we think, no, not me, yet for millennia, Christians and Christ followers have been doing just that. 
There are churches all over Orange County, all over the nation, all over the world right now with people who are gathering and connecting, but they're completely disconnected from who God is. And what a tragedy. What a tragedy. Jesus didn't die on the cross paying the ransom for our sins so that we could just get into heaven for free. No, there's too much at stake because we still have a life to live. We still have a life to live, which means that while we're taking up space on this planet, what we do and who we are actually matters. And the brilliance about all of this is that God profoundly and, and with everything that he is desires to be wrapped up and consumed with your world. And yet for some reason, we choose to keep God at a distance. For some reason, we wouldn't say that. We would never go, no, I'm going to keep God at a distance. But we do that by compartmentalizing his role in my life. His role either becomes a spiritual bailout or I just feel like I need to be a good person and weave him in once a week. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit's going, man, I've got so much more for you. That's why we create space on Sundays like we just had that, oh, man, I, I got to tell you, it, it just kills me to know that so many people could walk in here and think this is about a service and not realize this is about a good and faithful God. And so when we sing a song that says, Jesus, have your way, it's not about does the band sound good. It's about, oh, my God, I'm a wreck without you. I am literally a disaster. I am a walking, ticking time bomb of epic proportion. And the things that I could say and the things that I could do, if you're not in my life, oh, man, it's terrifying. And I don't know if you feel that way, but I do. And so when we sing that song, it's just this, this connection again of an intimate moment where I lean into God and I say, oh, but I want to remind myself that even though I feel like a walking, ticking time bomb on a daily basis, and even though I'm constantly reminded of my shortcomings and the failures and the past that I have created, oh, but Jesus, have your way. Jesus, have your way. Because when you get in the mix, you take this imperfect life and you do something extraordinarily beautiful with it. You do something profound with it. Why you awaken destiny on the inside. You awaken passion on the inside. And then what you do little by little is you begin to steer my heart and the desires of my heart in the direction of the things that you want for me and the things that you have for me. But I get the choice every day whether or not I'll allow you to continue steering. And so for so many of us as we've just compartmentalize those reminders instead of making it a daily process where we say, God, I just, I'm not strong enough. Would you have your way? Would you have your way? So I, this begs the question for us today. Have you, not your neighbor, not your spouse, not the person who dro drug you to service today. We're not giving away free tacos, so something compelled you to come in today. 
Have you made your relationship with God a religion, a tradition? Or does he have an active role in your life? And the good news is that for him to have an active role in our life doesn't mean that we have got to aim at perfection. He, does, he can handle the depravity and the darkness of man. He died for all humanity, including Hitler. Yes, including Hitler. And if he can handle that, then I promise he can handle you and your knucklehead husband. Can I get an amen from some people? I saw a wife just look at her husband like, thank God. Thank God. And I just, I just, this isn't my message. I don't know where to go from here. So we might end early today. We'll see what happens. I just, here's what I just know. And I, I, I may be now repeating myself. But oh man. Oh, for us to, to live a life where we're in constant communion with who God is. What a life. It's not a perfect life. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be more successful in my job necessarily. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to have heartache and heartbreak in relationships at times. But oh, to lean into who God is and to have the fullness and the knowledge and the understanding. And dare I say, I know this might freak some of you out, but the experience, the feeling of who God is. That's his heart towards you. That's his heart for you. So when we sing a song, Jesus have your way. Let there be light. Let there be light in the very darkest of circumstances that I'm facing. Let there be light in what feels and seems like hopelessness. Let there be light in the dreams that I've allowed to die. Would you resurrect the dreams and, and, and let there be light in the dream again? But, but then the song, we remind ourselves, it's not just about, God, help me accomplish what I want to accomplish. You see, often we pray prayers like that, and we live a life like that where we've deceived ourselves into thinking that as long as I'm praying and wrapping God into my plan, then I'm living the life of a Christ follower, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Because we deceive ourselves to think that, okay, God, you, here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm going. And this is the plans that I have for me. So, God, would you bless my plans? Would you walk in my path? Would you see the steps I'm taking? Is that good? Great. I'm glad you like it. You just make sure you're around when I'm taking these steps one at a time. And so we, we've got into our plan, and that's not the way this thing works, which is why I love that song, because we say, hey, you're God, God, here's my dreams. Here's the hopes, the ambitions, the, the future. Here's my desire, and here's what I'm looking for. But regardless of what I want, Jesus, you have your way. You have your way. Because I know that the word says that your plans exceed anything that I could possibly imagine. And I just feel compelled in this moment to ask, have you allowed the dreams to die? Have you sidelined the purpose of God in your life? Or have you woven Christ into your plan but failed to say, God, I want to walk in your plan for me? I often feel like at times we, we may get to a season of life where the expectations are diminished and decreased because our experiences have become so painful. 
And then in the, the journey of time, at least for me, this is what I've noticed. In the journey of time, I, I then allow my experiences to shape the fullness of the dreams that I have for the future. Which is why when we meet young high school students and college students, the dreams that are on the inside are inspirational. And often it reminds us of who we used to be in years past. But now, because we've lived a little, we've had a little bit of life, we've had some experiences, we've had some hurts and some letdowns, we've lowered the expectation of what we have because it, we just don't want to get upset anymore. I don't know if I want to have high dreams and high hopes because I've had them before and I've been hurt before. And I just don't know if that pain is worth it. So instead of actually dreaming for and believing that God wants to do something miraculous in and through me now, I'm just going to be normal and ordinary and average. And I feel like we've allowed that to bleed into our faith journey. Because when we get into faith-charged environments, and when people begin to speak like this, we get that stir on the inside like, yeah, I want that. Yeah, his plans are for me to prosper me and to give me a hope. It's beyond what I could imagine. And then Monday shows up, and I'm like, no. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't want to dream. That's just too. Remember the last time I did this? Remember the lad Tuesday shows up and you've forgotten Sunday even happened and you're just angry at your boss again? Maybe you are the boss like me and you're angry at your employee, not my employee. <laughs> they work for the church. They're perfect. <laughs> and we just do that with our faith. And then we show up to a church service and we sing a song, but there's no intent behind it. Well, we live a life and, and we fail to see the fact that God's put us in the midst of what the Bible would call a harvest field of people in our world that just desperately need hope, but we can't even give them hope because we've forgotten how to hope. We've just learned how to live. We've just learned how to live. And, and the scary thing is it's normal for us. We, we just feel like it's responsibility and maturity because now it's what we do. And it's become, we've forgotten how to dream and how to have faith in a supernatural God. And I think it's because we don't connect to him in a supernatural way anymore. We connect to tradition. And that's easier, isn't it? It's easier to connect to tradition because tradition, we know we're not a traditional church and yet the movement church can become your tradition. And we know it. We know this, the countdown theme song outside. So now we know when to come in. And we know that the lights are going to turn up. And there's probably going to be two of you in here. And Jeremy's going to go, come on, move my church. It's me and Megan and the sound guy. <laughs> and they're going to go, go crazy. Like it's everything they've got. And we're going to sing by song three, you're here finally. Because you <laughs> forgot what time nine o'clock is or 11. <laughs> And then let's get to the sermon. They're going to ask me to text something. I'm positive. And at the end, they're going to pray. And then we're going to do the deal. We're going to go out and have coffee again. And Man, there's no supernatural exchange between the true and living God and who I am. And so it just contributes to this cycle of hopelessness, if I may. And then I go to work 
normal and I don't share hope because I don't even know how to hope anymore. And it's like this thing, I, I feel like it's like God going, hey, like this, I'm here. I haven't left. In fact, I wrote down some words that are pretty important for you that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I always want great things. That's why I also said I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet I can do the supernatural, mysterious, miraculous things. Why? Because I'm God, and I can blow your mind every day. But you chose normal. You chose normal. That's why Megan was in worship, and she God just, it was in the moment. Like, hey. God, this verse, God just put this on my heart. No eye is seen, no ear is heard, nor can the mind of man conceive the plans which I have for you, the hopes which I have for you. So here's the question that, that begs asking. Where do you need a defibrillator to the hopes of your life? Clear. You know what that does, right? I'm not a paramedic, so, and I'm winging this entire thing. <laughs> but it actually stops your heart so that your heart will re-engage again. Did you know that? It doesn't just like go, boom, you're awesome. It shuts your heart down for half a second so your heart can re-engage. And maybe that's what this morning is about, that you just were living your life. And I want to say you intentionally because I think the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you specifically. A lot of times we'll say, and God wants to talk to us. And, and I think some of us here today, and then, and then you in this room, you need that, but you're like, oh, he's talking to that person, not me. No, I'm talking to you right now. Maybe today is the defibrillation to your heart so that God can kind of jack you up and say, hey, I've got more for you. So stop being normal. Stop being normal. Stop having normal faith and normal dreams. Those aren't dreams. Those are just plans. Stop being normal. Stop being normal. So what, 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 what area of your life needs a defibrillation of hope? What area? Is it your marriage? That's okay. And maybe you've forgotten how to actually be in love with each other because you stopped investing in your relationship. Maybe somewhere along the lines, you just kind of drifted. You're on the same highway, but you're in different lanes. You're not even the same vehicle. And you, you listen, let's get back on track. You know the best way to do that? Let's, let's, get, let's get in the car with Jesus driving. Jesus, have your way. That's why we sing that song. Why? Because, man, if I'm driving the car, our marriage is a disaster. Because anyone else agree with me on that? Thank you. Megan, put your hand down. <laughs> Maybe it is just dreaming for the future again. Like, when do we cross an age threshold that we stop dreaming about what the future has to offer? Maybe it is for your kids. Like, you just kind of, your teenage son or daughter, you're just, you don't know what to do anymore. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe you're a teenager and you're just, you, you see some stuff going on at home and you're just like, man, I'm a little nervous. Maybe it's, maybe it's a resuscitating the fact that just because it was that way then doesn't mean it has to be this way now. 
Just because. Just because. Maybe you started a business and the first one didn't take, or maybe the first three didn't take. And you kind of have this thing on the inside, or maybe you're in the midst of a business and you're just thinking, I don't know if I want to start it because if it fails again, what does that say about me? And maybe, maybe God's trying to get a hold of your heart today and say, no, no, it's time to start that business. Are you tracking with me today? What is it? What's the thing that you're going, man, maybe it's a, a, not a teenage son or daughter, maybe it's an adult son or daughter that's kind of wayward. I heard it said once that the greatest season of your life really only hits the capacity to the level of pain for your children. So if you have a child that's walking through a dark season, it doesn't matter what good is happening in your world, the greatest pain comes from the fact that you want more for your kids. So maybe that's what your prayer is. And you just thought, oh, I don't know if I can pray anymore for this. And maybe God's going, there's still hope. Or maybe it's conversations that you know you need to have, but you're not sure if you want to have them. Are you tracking with me today? I'm just saying, like, what's, what's God trying to do in your life right now? Why, why are you at, at Charger Hall at El Toro High School? What, what is it that, that God's trying to do to get a hold of your life? And just say, hey, let me just bring some hope again. Let me bring some hope again. Let me bring some hope again. Are you feeling me? Let me get the worship team to come on up. It's going to be an early Sunday. I just, I don't have anything else to say. And uh, I did not preach my message, so come back for second service. Maybe, we'll see. I just want to close out with worship today. And then in a moment, Megan or myself will have our prayer teams come forward. We, we have prayer teams. Right now, you don't know this, but we have a team of people right now praying for this service. Because we've got to fight our battles first in prayer. And so they'll come up in a moment. Maybe you just need prayer. I don't know what it's for, but they want to pray a prayer of faith. And they're spiritually mature individuals. And you can be honest with them. We've trained them so that they can handle whatever it is. Maybe you just want to celebrate, and that's fine too. But what I want to do for the remaining time that we're together is I, I want you to connect to the living God. Here's what I do know is that what God can do in a moment far surpasses what you could ever try and strive to achieve in a lifetime. And, and when the Holy Spirit shows up in the way that he does right now, that you feel it and you sense it, you just talk to him. You can sing the song if you want to, but you can just talk to him. And it doesn't have to be King James English. Oh, Heavenly Father. Just talk to him. Maybe there's a huge concern that's weighing on you and you feel like when you wake up in the morning, someone's standing on your chest. And when you go to bed at night, someone's standing. You just can't get past that feeling. You just say, God, what do I do about this? And am I trying to control things? Well, let's just let God do what he wants to do. And for some of you, listen, we, every Sunday we give people an opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus. And the good news is you, you just have to believe have to get everything organized. And for some of you, that today, that's what this is about. And that just, it's some of you, if you've never done it, it's so awesome. You just say, God, I give you my life. I'm not perfect and I need you. And that beginning of the journey 
we mirror that for the rest of our life because then daily we just say, God, I'm not perfect. I give you my life. And to some of you in this room today, you, you need to give your life to the Lord again. It's called a recommitment. It's like renewing wedding vows after 10, 15, 20 years. And you just go, man, God, I don't, I don't have what it takes. And I just, I've been running from you. I don't know what, what God's doing in your life, but there's a moment you need to have with God. And we'll come back up here and we'll close out the service so you don't have to stress it. But don't miss this moment. And look at me in the eyes, dudes specifically. If for some reason, we, this is hard for us because we have built a life of being protectors. And we constantly are looking for somebody's angle. I've got a ninth grade daughter now. And so every freaking punk teenage kid is the enemy. Every single, all you knuckleheads right here. You're not her type though. It's okay. And so we do that with God. Like we get all defensive and we're like, nah, I actually like the compartmentalized Jesus because I can control it. And just let me know how that works out for you in 30 years. Just let me know. What a tragedy it would be to get to that day and go, oh man, I missed it. I missed it. So if you're a dude in here and you're feeling resistance, nobody has to know. Just just open your heart and say, okay, God, what do you want to do in my life today? And you don't have to tell anybody about it. It's fine. You want to tell your wife because then she'd be like, yes. And you're like, oh, man, you can come tell me. I'll high five you and tell no one. I don't, you see what I'm saying? Like, stop, just remove, remove the boundaries and the distractions and, and let's just let God do something. Would you do me a favor? Would, I just ask nobody leave. We're, we're so good on time. We're going to wrap up in a few moments. Would you just quietly and reverently just stand to your feet? And I would just ask that you take your hands and just kind of hold them up like this and bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And we're going to sing this song here in a second, but before I want to pray for you. And then I'll invite the prayer teams to come up. Actually, let me go ahead and get the prayer teams to come on up now. I know that for some of you, you're thinking, I don't know if I want to pray for people up front, but it's okay. Chris, why don't you come on down too, just in case. And yeah. If you want prayer for anything, they'll pray with you. You don't have to. You can just worship God. But let's just pray. God, I just pray a prayer of blessing right now on every individual in this room. God, we thank you that you, you care enough about us to push pause on the order of our service so that we can redirect our attention to you. We know that you care about order and you care about structure. But God, we know that you are consumed with our heart. And there are people in this room who need a defibrillation of hope to be reminded to dream again, to be reminded that you're faithful and you're still at work in relationships. So God, over the next few moments, we're just gonna surrender our heart to you and our lives to you. And we just ask you to lean in in a way that only you can. In the name of Jesus. If you prayed that prayer with us today, 
We are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.